you are listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. What's happening, guys? This podcast is going to be really punchy, very intentional, and as to the point as possible. This is Josh here. If this is the first podcast you've listened to, there are about 25 to 30 other episodes. I forget which episode this is. And so far, I've been really pumped with my guests. They've also been good opportunities for me just to talk about ideas I have and for you guys to gain some insight into some of the things that I think are important in terms of health, fitness, routine, lifestyle, and how to get more out of life. So today's episode, I'm going to peel the curtain back, whether you're listening to this or you're watching and and listening to this, preferably you want to hear this because I am talking. I'm going to peel the curtain back. I thought it could be really, really useful if I give you some of the exact protocols that I use with clients so that if you are a trainer and you want to hear of what another trainer actually does, then we can talk about that or or you'll hear me talking about it and I can be on your podcast too talking about it. I'm also going to be helping people that are potentially new to coaching, you know, maybe you are in a position where you're like, yeah, I'll hire a coach eventually. Then, you know, I think that this could be really useful because I'm, I'm trying not to be all smoke and mirrors. I'm literally pulling it back and saying, this is what I use to light the match, right? This is the strike plate. This is this, what do you call that? The strike striker on the, on the matchbox. You get the analogy. I'm going to give you what I'm actually talking about. And I think that if you are one of my clients now, that uh, this is also going to be really helpful because, um, yeah, this might be like just you hearing it again. It, you might pick something up that you, you know, that we've been over before that you, you didn't know or that you didn't hear quite that way, or maybe you're just in a more receptive frame of mind. I know that uh, some of the resources I have with the books or podcasts, Sometimes I'll listen to the same things or read the same things, you know, over and over. And I find that I, even if it's a point, I already know hearing it again, reading it again, writing it down again, reaffirming it again is really helpful. So I actually really like to use the same resources, uh, especially once I know that they're really good resources. So here, here are some basic principles and I haven't, you know, I didn't write what I'm going to talk about during this podcast. Um, these are, these are common principles. These are common themes, common assessments that I do with clients. So I like to use this holistic pillars approach. Um, if you're a client of mine, you know, that there's, I'm a holistic coach. I'm working on things in your, in your lifestyle, not just putting together a, you know, a workout program for you counting your sets and reps. That is such a small part of what I do. Um, That's an important part, but that's a small part. So part of the reason I stepped into the role that I created for myself, which was being a more holistic coach, being a more holistic trainer, is because I wanted to step into a more challenging role. I feel like terming myself someone that's holistic, um, and you know, that kind of came about because clients had titled me someone that was more holistic. As I say, I wasn't just someone that was counting reps, watching technique, those things are very important. But where I started to gravitate more towards was this role that was sort of created for me slash me creating it more holistic. 
I find that there's a broader skill set. And in a lot of ways in my life, I've tried to be good at uh, more of a variety of things versus getting really, really granular and getting really specific about something. Um, so I think just kind of naturally with my personality, it's sort of been a little bit more helpful to have a larger span of what to focus on. And I find that really, really interesting in that way. So here we go. The holistic pillars are there's six in no particular order. I'll rhyme them off and then we'll, we'll jump into these, but pillar number one, doesn't matter. Like I said, but pillar number one is mindset. Pillar number two is stress. Pillar number three is sleep. Pillar number four is nutrition. Pillar number five is movement. Pillar number six is hydration. And amongst those are breathing. And that's kind of uh, almost synonymous with stress. So these are nothing, there's nothing really, you know, new about any of these. There's nothing iconic about these. You've, chances are with any coach or trainer, you, you at least touch on all these. Okay. Whether they call it these, these are things that we all touch on and talk about. The reason I like to use this holistic pillars approach and to actually designate these as pillars is so that we can actually get some work done. And so we can actually measure to see if you're, you as a client I'm, I'm referring to, to see if you are actually improving on these things. So when a client first comes to me, here's the client journey. We'll just jump into this. When a client first comes to me, we need to make sure that our values are aligned. So I am a firm believer of the slow and steady approach. Um, so when I get new clients, we talk about goal setting. You know, we kind of get the values out, number one. If this is a client that's going to be really hyper-focused on like fad diets, and they're not necessarily going to word it that way but somewhere deep in their subconscious, they might be like, I need to see results really quick. I'm not really into that style because it's generally not sustainable. And these like get rich quick or get fucking fit quick or get abs for summer. I've posted videos about that specifically to get fit quick stuff that I'm just not super interested in. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of it. And, you know, for some people, they are seeing faster results than other people. I just don't really want it to be, uh, you know, who's seeing success quicker because success is a, is a snapshot measurement. So you could say, how successful are you? It depends on when you ask that. So it's, it's a, as I say, it's a snapshot. So if someone asked me how successful I am in fitness, I could tell you right now where I'm at. If someone asked me how successful I am in two hours, what if I get hurt? And, you know, I realized the training program I was on was actually not working well. And I, you know, I found out some additional information. Then all of a sudden it doesn't become that accurate. So it's only accurate when you ask. So my strategy as a coach is not to get people necessarily get people as fast as they can, because number one, that can be ignorant of their actual goals, because within the goal is, uh, you know, there's suitability with time frame. Um, and it needs to be matched with what that person might be capable of and what they want. For instance, I have some clients I've been working with for a long time and they could be seeing fast results. Like I know how, uh, what they would need to do differently with, with food, with nutrition, with, 
um, in their lifestyle, things that they could do with training to get quicker results, whether that, and these specific examples are like weight loss. I know how they could in a healthy way, lose weight quicker. I know how they could get a little bit less stressed, but they're happy with the rate because they see that it's been sustainable and they see what the past few months to few years has been like, and they see that as sustainable. And they're like, yeah, that this doesn't seem really hard. And that's actually really critical for most people to be able to um, look back. And I do that with clients as we reflect pretty often as to how does it feel? How is the pace? Um, that's the benefit of not going with a cookie cutter program is you get these um, pulse checks that are individualized. And a lot of the time it's just reflection. How does this feel? Does this feel like too much? Does it feel like you're not having any fun? Is this draining for you? Because if it is, it's probably not the most suitable you know, strategy for your goal because it's probably going to lead to burnout quicker. And I think a lot of the time, if uh, us as coaches, if we're focused on how can we get the client results quickest, then that whole sustainability piece, that like longevity piece isn't really built into that. And I found that within myself, constantly being focused on, like I used to, being focused on like, okay, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. We need the pictures. We need more. We need the before and after. You get really, I got really stuck, sorry, in trying to have more to show. And as you guys know, whether you're in that, you're a, whether you're a trainer listening, you're a current client of mine, or you're, uh, you know, maybe a potential client, um, that feels like a lot of pressure. If you're hearing from a trainer all the time, and I am guilty of this sometimes because I always want the best for my clients and I always want to make sure that I'm pushing them. Um, and sometimes they're getting pushed a little too hard, but I would rather that than not push them enough because accountability is really important. And I think it would be pretty devastating if someone said to me like, well, number one, the program wasn't working and you weren't pushing me hard enough. And I was communicating that I needed more from you. That's never happened. Those three things have never happened. So um, that's why I think it's really important to have a customizable program. That's why I see benefit in one-on-one -on -one coaching still, which is, I, I do that in my own life as well. So the back to where we talked about, this is how the conversation starts, right? Morally. And then it jumps into what kind of goals do you want to see? And for anyone listening to this, this same approach that I'm about to say, this same strategy, you can actually download this and I'll leave a link below where you can get this as a free resource. Okay. And this is called the five elements. And I actually have another resource that works really, really well for, for clients. It's called the playbook. And there's uh, several pages to this. It's not an easy step. It's pretty simple, but it's not easy because it takes a good amount of really focused time. Um, regardless, this is the next step with my clients is we go through some set of goal setting and I try to get people to go through the playbook. And sometimes I have to remind people a shitload of times to actually complete it, but it's really useful when we do complete it because then they can go back to it. And I also go back to it and we have a decent chunk of things that we can refer to. And it's all about their goals and in, in different categories it's not just like, oh yeah, they wanted weight loss or they wanted to get bigger. It's like, well, that's cool, but that doesn't really say anything other than 
you know, the first, the first line that they might've said in the consult or the assessment. So I like to dig, that's a, that's a useful kind of excavation tool that I use that to ask some more questions around their goals. Um, and as you'll see in the resource, if you click the link, follow along there, we start with the, um, we start with kind of like where, where they want to go, the trajectory, the vision, right. And we talk about what are the obstacles in their way, right? So what are the barriers that are there? Obstacles, barriers, doesn't really matter what word you use. What's in your way? Um, you're going to look back at your past when you do that. So it is a reflection exercise. And you're also going to look at currently, okay, what do I, what sort of appears, what, what am I perceiving that's in my way of getting to these things? And there's almost always something like truthfully, even if you're really driven, there's probably something there or a couple of things. So it's really important to name those things. So after that, we talk about sacrifices. Well, what are you willing to sacrifice? Again, this kind of goes back to one of the first uh, things I was saying about sustainability. It's all fucking great to get like pumped off of a consult and be like, fuck yeah, like I'm going to crush all this stuff. But like, truthfully, that, that usually dissipates for almost anyone. If you've ever been to like a high energy presentation, think like, Maybe it's MLM or maybe it's with a company that was trying to sell you something. And, and whether you bought into it or not, you generally feel pretty motivated and like pumped up after that. But as the hours, days, weeks progress, that energy, that excitement, motivation usually dissipates. So the same thing can happen if we don't uh, take a real honest excavation approach to the sacrifices, obstacles and goals. So we're trying to be as vulnerable as we can be with this. And then we get a, a really good starting point. So at this point, we've, we've talked about vision. You know, we've, we've expressed the goals. I'm hearing you out on your goals. We're talking about the obstacles, the things that are in your way. We're talking about the sacrifices. Again, the reason that this um, is linked to sustainability is because you might have identified the things that are in your way, but you might also not be willing to adjust your life so that you can be in a complete alignment with all these health goals that you have. For instance, a lot of my clients have kids, their parents, they're not going to sacrifice, you know, some of them may not sacrifice certain times with their kids so that they could meal prep or have that delivery service or go pick that up or train extra or spend that time in regards to, anything other than their kids. A lot of clients aren't willing to take time off work to do shit. Um, some people might have, you know, um, endurance goals and what might be more ideal is I'm training a bit more, but because the sacrifice isn't there, that's okay. I'm hearing them for where they're at. We just extend the program and we talk about the re um, how realistic that might be and how we need to adjust the time frame. So we need to be realistic about it. So the sacrifice is a really, really honest approach. I have an ebook coming out that's going to be around these five steps. And um, you're going to be able to uh, hear how I kind of dig at these things and why I think that these are really important questions to answer a little bit more than just this podcast. But at this point, we're at the baseline step. So this is step number four or five. The baseline is essentially where are you at now? Okay, so the reason we do this is because if we're talking about point B right off the hop with vision or goals, we need a point A or we just have a dot somewhere in the future 
and we're just fucking spinning here as a starting point. So it's great to set goals. It's great to know what's in your way. It's also great to know, well, what are you going to adjust in your life? What are you willing to, what are you um, ready to adjust in your lifestyle to actually get to these goals? That's all really important, but we need to know where you're starting, right? I had a client come in and their goal was to be um, really fit for this, um, not like true selection, but this type of um, like militant fitness um, test. And they didn't know where they were starting. So what we did, and that, that was okay, but the, they knew that they didn't know where they were starting. So we said, okay, well, part of, the, part of what we're going to build into the program is figuring out how to test these things safely so that we have a starting point. So we don't always have to have the starting point during the call. We can build that into the program and have that set up in future conversations where I can help you figure out where you're at so that we have a point A and a point B. Okay, so that's the whole purpose of baseline. Now, once that step bleeds into the final, the fifth step, which is strategy, and that's where we're talking about what we're going to do, um, what are maybe some of like the, this is all in the initial call, by the way, um, how we're going to do things, maybe a little bit individual. Again, I use these holistic pillars, you know, the, the mindset, stress, nutrition, movement, hydration, sleep, um, we're going to talk about all these things. So what doesn't make it individual is we as humans are extremely similar in a lot of ways. So a lot of us need these things. Well, we all need these things. We just need them to different degrees and there's different tactics uh, that we can, that I can put into play with that person and different questions I can ask that person, blah, 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 to get the result that they want. So that's essentially what I do in the initial call with someone. Okay, so it's a lot more talking, goal setting. Uh, it's a little bit more analytical and emotional than it is checking like how their body is moving and that kind of thing. So yeah, when I started to be a coach um, for the first quite a few years, to be honest, I didn't do anything like this. And it was kind of just like blindly, it was just going blind, um, truthfully, for the first quite a few years. If you were a client of mine in the first five years of being coached. So that's when I was at Gold's and starting into good life for the first few years. I didn't really have a strategy. Um, I didn't go out to create what I have now. It took a lot of trial and error. And I learned a lot of things through having coaches and mentors. So, you know, I take ideas from different things. I take ideas from my own experiences and I put them together and here we are. So we've gone through this kind of Goal setting the five elements. We've gone through um, the initial kind of morale check. From there, we know where you, where you need to get to. So from there, this is kind of a quick thing. I'm figuring out what's going to be the most suitable coaching plan for you. So right now, as we have it, I have three main coaching programs. I have the Grit 1.0, which is a, a program that you purchase as a program slash course. And it helps you, whether your goals are, uh, this is for a more individualized person, um, someone that wants some routine in their life, someone that wants a little bit more purpose. And I help people with the physical, emotional, physical, emotional, and mental aspects of training in one cohesive course over three months. So you essentially, it's a one purchase for a three-month 
course. Um, suitable for male, female, other, um, doesn't matter your age, doesn't really matter your exercise experience. Although if you're completely new, you're going to have a hard time because you're going to be getting hung up on the, on the movement patterns. But I have some, some built-in um, progressions and regressions in there. Uh, do you have to do this program if you work at a gym or can you do it at home? You can do it either. It's generally more programs are easier to do if you have some equipment. You don't have to be at a gym. But if you have some type of equipment or you have the discipline to actually get some equipment or make some equipment, like fucking get some buckets, get some rocks, get some shit that you can lift, get a bar, get, uh, you know, find something that you can move your body on, get a step, get something. If you just have, you know, a plain walls and a floor, it's, it's not going to be enough for that program. You need something. But I've had clients literally do that in a drive shed. So they didn't have all the fancy equipment, but they made it work because they were resourceful. That's the GRIT 1.0 program. Then I have two to three main tiers. And I'm just going to explain these really briefly, just so you can hear these. I have the uh, weekly check-in. And what this is, is clients either uh, meet with me one-on-one -on -one for 30 minutes a week, all the way up to two to two and a half hours a week. And in that it's all individualized. We're either working through actual training sessions remotely or in person. I have both. And so, as I say, we're either working through the actual program where we're working through technique, we're working through um, learning to do these movements if they're newer movements for the client, or if they're more of a beginner client, we're talking about mindset, depending on where we are in the spectrum and what kind of client I have. And we're also, there's some mega accountability. So we're touching base on things that we've been working on week to week. So there's the way I like to explain this back to the sustainability principle is week to week. There's, if we zoom out with a client that I've had for, you know, six months or three years, there's a lot of things that we had worked on. So not everything is going to be something that you need to focus on every week. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, you're going to develop um, we will develop strategies so that things become a habit. So if you're listening to this and you're a client, if after a couple of years or a couple of months, you're still not nailing the basics, um, there's a couple of reasons that can happen. Number one, the coaching hasn't been very effective and, or your, uh, your mindfulness or your self-awareness is, is quite low and, or a combination of those things. So I don't like to blame because part of it is coaching at times. And I'm always trying to be the best version of myself I can so that I can help people get the results they want. So there are a lot of things that we work on with clients. The whole goal here with sustainability is not to overload someone. I could very easily give a new client 45 different things to do the first week. The reason I do not do that is partly because I know that they're going to fail um, I don't like the a la carte kind of process where it's like, here's 30 options. You just kind of pick what's working for you. I like to have the actual conversation each time to say, what are you ready for? Here's why I think you might want to do this. And are you ready for this? Let's do it. Here's how to do it. Here's how to execute. Here's what you should expect from yourself. Here's what I'm going to expect from you. I'm going to check in with you next week. Here's what you need to do. Okay. It's really clear. Um, I'll even follow up with emails with clients just so they know exactly what they're doing week to week. 
not all clients, but some clients, if that's uh, something that's been effective for them. Um, so it's really about sustainability, okay? And the other reason I don't mention everything all at once is because there's an analogy I actually learned from a client one time. And he talked about um, not having to get, it. basically I was getting overwhelmed with, with goal setting at one point because I wanted to get somewhere really quick. I was becoming impatient with my goals. And one thing he said to me was think about your goals like, I believe he used a checkerboard and think about all your goals as an individual checker, right? And all you have to do is move each one ahead, you know, a space or maybe half a space each day. So if I kind of zoom out, what I did is I sort of picture, picture that checkerboard as, you know, a thousand, you need to move a thousand squares to get to your goals. When I think back to that analogy, that model, if I, it, it eases the, the stress for me and it eases the overwhelm. And then I can actually put toward, uh, put forth a little bit more action. So that's actually just like a tidbit for you guys. If you're, if you feel overwhelmed by things and if that causes inaction, because you're so like jumbled, think about it as a checkerboard. All your goals are individual. What's one thing you can do to push that forward a little bit. So depending on what the client's working on, we work on a couple things each week. And sometimes it is about just sustaining that one thing. For instance, if I have a client that's having a hard time um, committing to their, ex their exercise plan, or I have a client that's in transition, maybe they're moving, or maybe there's some other stress coming up in life, I won't necessarily add more to that. It might be the same, but we talk about different strategies around how to maintain that. Okay, so that can also be a really effective thing. And the reason for that is it is so realistic that most clients are going to have changes to their, their life, to their schedule on a weekly, monthly, maybe, or annual basis, right? Things are cyclical, life changes. The program can't be the same. And just like how the program is perceived, you know, may not be effective if it's always the same way. It might be actually as well, but for these people that are having a hard time sticking to routines, that's where there's a bit more of a, a bit more of like a support and skill development standpoint for those things so that they can build it into their routine. So as you can tell, there's a lot of moving parts with coaching because we're coaching them. I'm coaching them on quite a few things. So here are some specifics around this. So mindset, let's, let's step into each of these I'm going to give you uh, maybe a couple examples or talk about why I think they're important. And then that will pretty much be the summary of this podcast. So I think about 10 more minutes. So mindset, the reason I think that this is so important and it belongs in its own uh, pillar, we'll call it of six is because I have realized over the past couple of years that mindset is the most important piece. Uh, it doesn't matter how good the fitness program is. It doesn't matter. Um, stress doesn't matter as much. Hydration doesn't matter as much sleep, nutrition, movement. These things aren't as important if, and then here's where the mindset umbrella comes in. If your self-belief sucks, if you're not confident, if you have a low life satisfaction, these things are really, really integral. And I know that this borders on therapy, which is where I have to be mindful that I'm not pushing into that. But if you're a coach, you know that people kind of lean on you for therapy at the same time. And, you know, I'm not a therapist, 
others, certain branches. And it's like what one of my, my sister-in-law said, cause she's a hairstylist. She's like, I'm basically someone's therapist because people go in to get their hair cut or their hair done. And they basically just dump all their insecurities or their issues on that person. And maybe that's their only time to talk about it or be heard or get advice. So as a trainer, as a coach, we're in a lot of the same position. And if you're thinking about hiring a coach, make sure that you like the person. I think that that is so important. And that is one of the main reasons, you know, us, us as humans stick with someone is because we like them. That's one of the reasons. Hopefully they're getting you results, but hopefully, hopefully you actually like them. And it's the same thing with a client. If I don't like the client uh, and I might not know that right away, I generally try to dump the client. Um, there's strategies around that, but it's really important to like the, the person that you're putting a lot of your trust in and putting a lot of your time in. So around this mindset piece, you have to like the coach. I think that's really important. And I'm not very likable, which is why I don't have any clients. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so that's, that's mindset. A lot of the time around mindset, it might be journaling. It might be um, asking certain questions. And it might be paying attention to how the client responds. So the next pillar we'll touch on quickly is um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about sleep. So the average person is going to die without sleep in what do they say? Like five to seven days, I think. So I mean, like if you have no sleep, like you go into psychosis after a couple of days, um, bad things start to happen pretty quick without sleep. So if you look at it from, there's a couple of these pillars that are, that will affect the quality of your life very quickly. Hydration, nutrition, sleep, breathing. Breathing is the quickest. So maybe we'll jump into breathing slash stress for the next one. How do you kill someone quickest? Well, you, you know, you could hold their breath essentially, right? I know there's other methods, but in terms of these like hierarchical um, breathing, sleep, nutrition, hydration, you're going to, we're going to die first. If we don't have air, I think I first heard this from, I can't remember if it was Rob Wilson or Brian McKenzie, either way, it was this shift, uh, company shift program. And they looked at it like this, the hierarchy, and then correlating the importance of those things or the magnitude of the effect of each of these pillars on one's health. So breathing became the, the biggest pillar because of that. So if breathing is not something that you're really familiar with, and I know that sounds really funny, you need to get familiar with a couple concepts. Here are some really simple takeaways. When in doubt, breathe through your nose. When in doubt, be mindful of your breathing. If you were to take away anything from what I'm saying in terms of the importance of what we go over with coaching, um, I'd say that first one would be the most impactful. And the second would be potentially the second most impactful. If you're only going to take one or two things away from listening to this, breathe through your nose when you can and be more mindful of your breathing. The reason for these things is they have huge effects on your actual physiology. They have effects on your breathing mechanics or how your body actually is set up to breathe. And they also have huge implications on your nervous system. Um, subsequently, um, your nervous system regulates how you breathe. 
just as your breathing regulates your nervous system. And it's the opposite for, for both of those other ones, the mechanics and the physiology. So we can disrupt and regulate uh, with breathing, all those things. So breathing is really important. I talk about breathing a lot and other stuff. So I'm going to keep it really simple to those things. That's, those are two of the main reasons we talk about breathing. Um, one of the simple tests we use for that, by the way, is the CO2 tolerance. So this is a free test. If you haven't done this, or if you're a trainer and you're not doing this with your clients, I think you're missing out. You could, uh, I have a YouTube video, um, how to, how to check CO2 tolerance. It's like a three minute video explaining how to do it. And there's some simple tables that you could reach out and I could help you how to set up a breath protocol, um, a training plan for that in terms of, and, and why that would be useful for you. You're probably wondering like, you know, I'm fine now. Why not? Um, well, people that actually do these types of breath protocols show that they have lower levels of anxiety. They generally feel more focused. They generally have an increased life satisfaction and their performance goes up a little bit as well. So there's actually some pretty big implications for using that. So those are some of the reasons why I would use breathing. Okay. And that, that touches hand in hand with stress, as you heard. So one of the other ones is hydration. So the reason this is its own pillar is because it's really low hanging fruit. Um, much like breathing, if we cut ourselves from water, we deprive ourselves from water. We're going to die in, I don't know how many days it probably depends, but, um, it's like, you can last a couple days, you know, maybe a few weeks without water. I forget what it is. Um, the body's really resilient, but that also shows us like how fucking important it is to be hydrated and what being hydrated means. So again, low hanging fruit here. If you're feeling thirsty a lot throughout the day, drink more water. If you're having a hard time losing weight, drink more water. If you're, ha if you have a, a diet that's high in protein, um, if you're not drinking, you know, more water because of that increased protein, drink more water. Um, if you're sweating a lot, you're working outside, drink more water. The answer isn't always drink more water because there's reason not to, but what you also want to be mindful with hydration is, uh, electrolytes. So a very simple takeaway that I suggest to most of my clients, because most of us are in the same boat. I'm not drinking enough water. I'm not really mindful of my breathing. I'm not as fit as I'd like to be. You know, I have more body fat than I'd like to, like most of us are in this. So a lot of it is the same information, just maybe worded a different way and structured in a different sequence. So in terms of hydration, you essentially, what you want to do is here's a starting point. Take your body weight. Okay. So I'll use me as an example. 185 pounds. I'm going to divide it by two, which is 92. Um, 92 divided by 33 is there's 33 ounces in a liter. So I want to be at at least 2.78 liters a day. Um, this is a ballpark because for sure there's differences. There's things that change this. There's things that would cause you to potentially want to drink more than that or less, but this is a ballpark. So please listen to the full fucking thing when you're saying like, he said, I only need 2.78 liters of water. Like, listen for a second. If you're drinking half a liter and you heard 2.7, like start drinking more goddamn water. You're going to feel um, probably almost immediate increases in your energy, which you know that if you're not feeling energized, it's going to seep into your mindset sucks. 
well, my, I make poor choices. I'm not, I'm not feeling as good during my workouts. It's like sometimes the low hanging fruit are the simplest changes that we can make, but other people are not looking at those simple changes. They're trying to make it really fucking really shimmery and, and shiny. And it might be something as simple as be mindful with your breathing and drink a bit more water. And you're probably going to feel a hell of a lot better. That's water. Okay. That's why we talk about water. The reason we talk about sleep so much, the reason I talk about sleep so much with clients is because um, I think I already said this, this is coming back, or maybe I just had this conversation every day for the past 11 years is we're going to get killed pretty quick if we don't sleep. Right. I think I already said sleep. I think I already said it. Fuck it. So I talked about sleep. Um, a couple points about sleep. Stats still say most people want to get seven to nine hours. I can truthfully anecdotally say that, you know, I was always like, great, seven to nine hours. And I got into this cycle of sleeping like seven hours. And I truthfully didn't know that I could feel a lot better from sleeping eight and a half to nine hours until I did it. And I don't always sleep eight and a half to nine hours, part of its choice, part of its life um, circumstances. Um, but if you can sleep as much, sleep as much as you can, and then circle back and see how you feel. And if you can, like always try to, if you're in a position where you want to change, you want to improve your life, always try to get the, as much sleep as you can, providing you're not oversleeping or, you know, in a big depressive bout but always prioritize sleep because your thoughts are going to be more clear. Your brain processing is going to be more clear. Your metabolism will improve. Your body composition will improve. Your muscle will repair quicker. Your nervous system will repair quicker. Everything recovers better and works better with sleep. That's, that's the number one hack for improving your life is well, generally it's sleep. We already talked about breathing and water. Let's jump into the next pillar, nutrition. The reason nutrition is uh, so important is for reasons I don't need to talk about because it's the most talked about of these all. And we're all getting sold like hundreds of different diet plans and more effective ways to do this and less effective ways to do that. And the one tip you need to know in order to do this, it's like, you know, it's all marketing and I do some of it too. Um, I'm not going to give you any advice on nutrition because I don't know who you are and I don't know what you need. This is where it gets individual. Some of these things that we talk about in coaching are very similar, if not identical to some other people. And if you compare the nutrition information I give to some people, it might be vastly different. The rate in which we change things might be quite different. It might take you two years to get to where some people, it takes two weeks to get to. It depends on the client. And because of that, I'm just going to leave it at nutrition is really individualized for that reason, because it, it's, it's tied so heavily into behavior and uh, as precision nutrition titles it, which I agree, it's a biopsychosocial component. So there's a biological component to food, how it affects your body, how it integrates with things, how it affects your systems. There's a psychological component to food. That's where there might be, um, you know, food behaviors, maybe addictive things. Um, there's addictive qualities to food. And then there's a social component. Do you eat alone? Do you eat with a family? Do you eat when you're depressed? Do you eat when you're happy? Do you eat out? Do you eat in? Do you eat sitting down, do you eat standing, do you eat on the run? Like, do you, you see what I'm saying, right? There's a lot of differences and they're all worth looking at, not all at once, because that's a lot. But as you can see, this is why coaching is not immediate. And this is why some people might see quicker results than other people, because it depends on what they're working on, depends on what they're willing to work on. 
So that is it for this podcast. I hope this was a true deeper look at what I do as a coach and why I do certain things as a coach. I wanted to be fully, uh, I wanted to fully disclose a lot of this information because I feel like personally that there's a lot of like people just putting a facade and like, this is a lot of what I do. And this is a lot of why my clients are successful is because I do these things. If you are interested in applying um, to be one of my coaching clients, I'm going to put the application below in one of the links. You're going to have to search for it because there's some other things that are going to come before it. I'm going to put a link for free resources, download them all, go for it, take them all, be resourceful. They're all here and can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening.